The Bank of Canada has raised their key interest rate by 50 basis points. What does it mean for you? What's going to happen in the economy? And what's going to happen at the next meeting? Let's get into it. This is the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast, the show that highlights Saskatchewan real estate. Looking to buy your first house, your next investment property? Subscribe to never miss an episode. Here's your host, Ron Caroni. Hello and welcome back to the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. My name is Ron Caroni, your Saskatchewan mortgage professional, joined again by the financial mechanic, Michael Hernick. Uh, Michael is a real estate investor here in Saskatoon, a good friend, and really excited for today's topic. Uh, it's not as exciting for borrowers out there. The Bank of Canada, we are recording this on the day they did rise them by another 50 basis points. So uh, before we get right into it, Michael, uh, welcome and thanks for coming on again today. Yeah, thanks, Ron. I appreciate you inviting me back onto the podcast. Looking forward to it. So I just want to put it out there before we begin. Any predictions or opinions that Michael and I express on this video are just simply our take, our opinion on the situation, and you should not be using this as investment or real estate advice. Always consult the proper professionals for a personalized solution for yourself. So let's get right into it, Michael. The Bank of Canada was expected to raise their prime lending rate by 50 basis points. And what did they do? They raised it by 50 basis points. As we got the news this morning, what was your initial reaction? Were you surprised by this? Or, or was it kind of par for the course that you saw this coming? Well, yeah, I think you we're in a situation now where the government has their hands tight tied to a certain extent where we've got inflation, you know, over seven and a half percent. And ultimately, um, the market was expecting, I think, initially that we would see maybe 0.25% or 25 basis point hikes. And that you, you see now that that central banks really all around the world are being a bit more aggressive uh, just because the inflation numbers are still coming in hot. So to a certain extent, this is expected. But uh, it's interesting to see that they're still keeping course on that uh, sort of half a percent increase uh, increments. And even on the tails of this, there was news there's going to be another 50 basis point rate hike July 13th, a month and a half from now. What was your take on them kind of, uh, you know, telling us that there's going to be another rate hike so soon? Truthfully, I, I, think, we, I think everyone expected that rates would go up. The, the, the issue I have is that I, I'm not sure that central banks would be able to raise rates potentially to the to, to the to the level that they have been, and more more importantly, at the at the accelerated level they have been. For instance, if they do another fifty basis point increase, that'll be um, that'll be one point, I guess, seven five percent increase if I'm right, because they did half, and then they they did twenty five half. We just got the half now. They do another half. I think yeah, one point seven five percent. You correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, that's a lot. Uh, and uh, you you would know the numbers better than I in terms of the impact to borrowers. But uh, that effectively is, you know, a 4x increase in in sort of their overnight lending rates. And this will certainly have an impact, uh, uh, certainly on on uh, borrowers, on on all sorts of sectors, including real estate, but also corporate borrowing, but also governments. And I think this is where it'll be interesting to see how this all falls out. So I'm not, you know, I think I think they need to signal to the market that they're going to deal with inflation. And I think they're sort of having to do this. 
Now, whether they're able to actually do another 50 basis point hike and then even subsequent to that, I don't know. That's that's questionable. But certainly, I think we're going to see adverse effects of this. And we've already seen this. I think you can see markets reacting. The S&P already is is down over 15 percent year to date. We've had a little bit of a bounce here, but, you know, it's just so choppy right now. And there's there's a lot of uncertainty. We we talked about it a little bit before we we hit the record button here, Michael, but I think it's an important point to talk about um, that maybe doesn't get as much media attention is the fact that inflation right now in Canada is largely due to our gas prices. And this increase of this key lending rate is going to do nothing to lower the demand of the everyday person who is driving back and forth to their job. Gas prices go up and at 10 cents you pay it because you must go to work or you must go visit family at a certain point that is not going to be affected by this raising of the rate you have a take on that michael i would 100 percent agree with that ron i think that's a really insightful thought that you know i think where all of us are really feeling it is uh, certainly if we've got debts you're going to see rates uh, rise particularly for those that have the variable side but what about like you said gas prices right how is raising interest rates going to combat you know your commodities uh, including your food prices you know when the government says we have eight percent inflation or whatever the rate is you know I, even just going to some of the retailers you know just recently like things have gone up you know 50 to 100 percent and we're all feeling that and i don't i'm not convinced that raising interest rates uh, will solve some of those underlying issues uh, with with supply chains and 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 throw on top of that we're amidst a war and and we have countries that are being impacted who are huge suppliers of these fundamental commodities so so yeah I would agree with that Ron right and ultimately the higher food uh, pardon me gas prices go you're going to pay more at the grocery store because everything here has to be trucked shipped moved from somewhere else to these central locations that all requires energy of some sort. And our transportation industry is built on oil and gas. And so as oil and gas continues to go up in price, so too will these other you know, uh, products that we need to pay for. So I, I think it's a very interesting dynamic and I, I don't necessarily think the central bank has a great option here is you know, they have one lever to pull and that is to increase the, the prime lending rate, hold it or decrease it. But if you're dealing with these extrinsic factors that aren't necessarily tied to the increasing or lowering of that rate, you know, my, my fear would be kind of a double whammy situation where with the with the raising of rates at a time where the economy is starting to slow down, uh, consumers are having to pay a lot more for their day to day goods, their gas, their groceries. Um, but by raising the rate, you're not lowering gas prices. Uh, yeah, I think that's exactly correct. I think we're going. I think if you were to sort of consider what would be a worst case scenario, I'm not convinced that you could come up with more issues than what we're seeing right now, where we've got inflation that's arguably out of control, and interest rates that were historically at 30, 40 year lows now raising. Uh, amidst debts being at all-time level highs, I think this will trickle into consumer spending where consumers will spend less over time. This will happen, I think, inevitably, while inflation is still hot and interest rates are rising. So I think we're just at the sort of uh, start of this potentially 
um, you know, you know, bad situation, if you want to call it. So I, that this is why I'm really, you know, um, shocked to see that, that they're so aggressive in, in their interest rate hikes. Again, as I mentioned, I think they're forced to. But I do think we're going to see a, a, a tipping point where the negative effects of doing so are going to sort of outweigh the raising of uh, subsequent rates. And they may even uh, they may even go down. So we'll see what happens. And I'm sure we're going to comment on sort of future predictions here shortly. But yeah, so even moving forward into our, our July 13th prediction, if we do get another 50 basis point hike, the negative effects on the stock, the stock market, the economy, the housing market, which a lot of our GDP is built on, if we see a, a real slowdown from that side, if we start to see those negative effects happen real time, do you think the Bank of Canada will, will do an easing off or what would be your, your, uh, your insight on that, Mike? Yeah, that's a really great question. I think I think the central banks are watching at the market reactions very closely. I think, you know, truthfully, I I, I think the the central banks are raising rates more aggressively so that they have more of a cushion so that when it comes time to actually lower rates, should they have to, they've got a bit of a, a wiggle room to do so. Because when you're at zero or 0.25%, you know, you you don't have much room to go down. But when you're at two percent, all of a sudden now, if we had to decrease rates again by 0.25 or half a percent, now you're able to. So I think the the central banks are actually being a little strategic here, where we're going to raise rates to the point to to kind of foresee how the market reacts to it, so that they're able to decrease them should they have to. But you know, in terms of whether they're going to hold them or not, I think it'll be really a tell on how markets react and you know, uh, all uh, all across the board. Yes. And, and I think there's always that little bit of uh, get out of jail free card when they make these announcements. They say we are committed to aggressive action on inflation, but we will monitor the economic outlook at that time. And so then I think it becomes a question of is the central bank more committed to fighting inflation or to you know, help prop up the economy? And I think at a certain point with some of these things being out of their control, like gas prices, um, I, I, I think, you know, I think you're right that we will have to see the central bank ease off of these increases if we do see a real negative economic impact. Yeah, and I think the last thing I'll comment on, not to, to get too, too political, but I think it'll be interesting to see how, you know, where the Fed stands politically as well, because right now all across, um, all across, you know, sort of uh, the world, um, you know, said um, the political parties are sort of the, taking the blame right now for the inflation. So, so to what extent are the interest rate increases to sort of try and cool off inflation? You know, sort of sort of politically motivated. And I think there's a whole discussion there. I don't. We probably won't, don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But yeah. that's some, podcast episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there is something to be said there. So you know, that's a great point. Inflation versus you know economic growth and sort of you know where do you draw the line there? But I think politics has to do a little bit with that too. So. One more to you, Mike. Can the Central Bank of Canada ride this knife's edge of trying to bring down inflation while not totally throwing the economy into a recession or a depression? It's going to be extremely difficult, in my opinion, and mainly because, as I mentioned earlier, we you couldn't ask for a circumstance where central banks had their hands tied so, so much, to, you know, that 
really, like you mentioned, the only lever they have is interest rates. And uh, so it'll be it'll be really difficult. I think they've been able to do so thus far. But, you know, let's see what happens in a month or two or three from now. And, you know, coupled with all of those things we commented on, I, I, I'm not I'm optimistic that, we, you know, um, as individuals and sort of as a collective, we're going to, you know, come through this very well. Um, but I don't that's not to say we're not going to see some speed bumps. Totally. Kind of tying it into real estate and anyone who is sitting with a home equity line of credit or a variable rate, I think it is important to note that even though some of this stuff sounds very scary when we're talking about a 50 basis point increase, and there might be that urge to lock into something that is certain and something you can hold on to, I think it's an important point to note that what you would be locking into today would be a much higher rate. And so if you're sitting with, let's say, three years to go in your variable rate, it's really time to reach out to your mortgage broker or bank and see what are my options that I could lock into. And I think the question is, is you have to ask yourself personally, how much can the Bank of Canada do these rate hikes before they will have to reverse course? Now, if you personally believe that rate hikes will happen in the four to six percent range, you know, it might be a good idea for you to lock into something fixed. However, if you believe the Bank of Canada doesn't have the ability to go that high without crippling the economy, and ultimately we'll see uh, a backing down of these rates, then maybe sticking with the variable rate that you have is is the correct uh, decision. What, what would you say on that, Mike? Yeah, I think that's a really insightful point. I mean, um, you know, even on our personal home, we have a variable mortgage and we were chatting with some friends and, you know, we sort of came to the consensus that really, you know, it seems to me that if you're in a variable rate, you you have, like you said, two choices, either you ride the wave or you try and lock in. But with bond yields being the way they are uh, at the increased rate, um, I think the fixed rates are quite... Uh, quite at a premium, if you want to call it that. And maybe you can comment on that. I don't know what those are, but I, I, you know, so I think that's, that's exactly it. I think everyone has to make the decision on their own. Um, and I would also sort of caution not to sort of jump into something, you know, too, too quickly, just, you know, not to be too panicked, I guess, about this because of, you know, sort of what we talked about. So. Yes. Well, the, the nice thing about the variable is there's always a little bit more flexibility then your fixed rate mortgages, mostly due to the prepayment penalty calculations that you're using. And so from that side, you know, you always have that option of breaking the mortgage and taking your three months interest and finding the best rate available at that time for your specific situation. Because there's such a chasm right now between variable and fixed rates, like lenders are, are, are pricing in big uh, hedges that rates are, are going to go up higher. Now you can self-inflict that hedge or maybe a better solution for you is to start prepaying your mortgage by that amount. If you want to lock into something fixed, figure out what the payment would be for your, your new fixed rate and start prepaying your mortgage, which is never a bad idea to give yourself some built-in equity and you know have some dry powder in the future that should you need to do something like a home equity line of credit or a, a refinance, that there is money in the home potentially available for you. Yeah, I think that's a really great strategy. And I, I, like you said, I think everyone needs to make their own decision. And, and ultimately, 
um, you know, with fixed rates being the way they are, you know, especially if you're in a variable rate, it gives you that flexibility, but you know, it, you, everyone's circumstances are different and, you know, just, you know, make sure you take some time to reflect on, you know, what, where you are at in that sort of continuum and, you know, with the finance, with, with your financial situation and, you know, sort of make the best decision for you and your family. So no doubt about it. I, I really like that last point. Mike, uh, just before we wrap it up here, um, we asked you last time your, your advice for a younger version of yourself. So this time I'm going to get your book recommendation or a, a potential podcast recommendation that, that you're listening to right now that you like or find insightful. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> um, I personally love to listen to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of books, I guess. It's just right now with the information economy, it's just there's so much free content out there. And that's so valuable. Um, you know, a, a great book that I really like, that's not really real estate focused is more on communications and so on. It's how to win friends and influence people. It's, mm. it's one of my favorite books next to rich dad, poor dad, as I mentioned in the last podcast. Um, but in terms of podcasts, I, all I would say is, you know, there's, there's literally a podcast for every topic. And if you just do some searching, like you'll find some, something. So I don't know if I have one I can pinpoint, but you know, whatever your interests are, um, you know, Go go on YouTube and and uh, you know your podcast apps and and there's just so much content, uh, so much great content. So the wonderful thing about the information age and social media. And speaking of shows and podcasts and things you can find on YouTube, Michael has a wonderful podcast called The Financial Mechanic. You do really great breakdowns of stocks, markets, and your take on things, which I always find are, are really insightful. Where can they find you? Do you have any schedule for posting, Mike? Uh, what's the best way that people can keep up with all the information that you're sharing? Yeah, for sure. So thanks, Ron. I appreciate that. Um, so my YouTube channel is called The Financial Mechanic. And it's really I just created it to share my thoughts on on the economy, finance, you know, money and stocks. And so if you're interested in sort of hearing more about that, uh, go check it out. It's The Financial Mechanic. And I also have a Facebook page, but I, po I post as much as I can on YouTube, just sharing my thoughts. So yeah. Wonderful. Thanks so much for coming on today, Mike. I'm glad we could do it. Uh, as the information came uh, hot off the press and really look forward to having you back on for, for your take on more of these topics. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. If you found it informative, please do us a favor and hit the like and subscribe button to never miss an episode. If you're looking for more information on Saskatchewan real estate, please feel free to check out my social channels in the description below. If you're looking for help figuring out what's happening with your mortgage, feel free to get in touch through my website. Until next week, I'm Ron Caroni, your Saskatchewan mortgage professional. Bye for now.